You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Triangle Tire, Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions expressed can sometimes be accompanied by hand gestures, which your sister may find offensive, but you think are hilarious. There's one in every family. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, hit it. Well, good morning and welcome. It's Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Dave Redinger and that yeehaw was brought to you by Alan Gelman and Glen Allen Motors. There you go. That's what happens when you drop a differential on your foot. <laughs> or a big wheel and tire. You know, they're getting so fat and large these days, like 20-inch tires. You drop one of those and you know it. Unbelievable. Yeah. People don't realize how much it upsets the handling of a car when you change the uh, the size of the tire and the wheel. Hey, that's a good question we'll ask Darren today when he's on the show. For good. Great, great, great. So, but today we're going to have Darren Bossens from Triangle Tire. He's going to talk about a couple of emails that came in uh, actually off the Facebook. And so we're going to ask these questions from the experts. And we only have one, so the expert. I did glance down at my, my dashboard today, Dave, and it was said it said two on the dash, which was five yeah. minus the number. So, you know, good thing I had my snow tires. I hope everybody else does. Not snow tires, Sorry. winter tires. Sorry, winter tires, winter tires. <laughs> You've yes. been beating me on the head for years. <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> so uh, right now the temperatures outside is minus two. Celsius. Ooh, scary. That's cold. Stafford Wong, he's with uh, Mr. Transmission, Mr. T. Uh, we use him as a shop, and uh, he's going to be on. We're going to talk about how do you set up your tranny for the winter, uh, what about the new electric cars and their trannies, if they even have one, and the death of the standard transmission. So we'll talk about that, and maybe you and Al, Al will have some time. We'll talk about that, too. Norris McDonald. Famous writer from the Toronto Star, is a good friend of mine, and uh, Norris is going to be talking about the new highway that they're planning to build, the 413, which is parallel to the 407, only a little further north. Mm. And uh, it's going to join um, the 401 to the 400, and then on, on through to the 404. So it's going to be a try to be a stress reliever, I guess, uh, for the traffic that's out there. You know, it's funny. I was at the cottage on Thursday. I was working out there. And coming home at 7 o'clock at night, the 404 North was solid white lights. Really? Traffic. Yeah, just solid. I mean, how many people are commuting between Toronto and uh, Lake Simcoe and Keswick and Barrie? And, you know, it's amazing. So maybe we do need another highway. I don't know. We'll have to ask Norris. And, and I want him to know. I want to know if he's got any inside, you know, poop on who's going to win. Is it going to be Max, you know, or is it going to be Lewis? 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's the last race next week. Yeah, you know, and he is if quite. People the, don't know we're talking about Formula One. Exactly. You know, Mac. You know, yeah. Norris is. Uh, he was a racing guy, and he's 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 in the in the uh, Motorsport Hall of Fame. Did you know that? No, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's a bigger shot. Now, Lewis, Lewis started out um, as as a poor guy with his father doing three jobs to support his racing career. And uh, he always thinks of himself as, as cool runnings, you know, the Jamaican bobsled team. Right, right, because right. Because they would show up with this equipment that was like 10 years old. Everybody would laugh, but they won the race. And uh, he's a natural. He actually is an natural natural. Mm -hmm. So uh, good luck to him. I, I don't, don't have anything against him. He's a smart guy. He's a nice guy. And the same thing with, uh, with uh, the, the Dutch fellow. Max Verstappen, yeah, also a natural racer. These guys are unbelievable. Their reactions are so phenomenal. Oh, to be anyways, the, yeah, to be at the top of your field, you know, to be at the top in in any field, you know, you really have to have some talent, obviously. Yeah, like yourself, yeah. Dave. Oh yeah, for many, years, many years, All right, uh, turning wrenches and uh, making customers happy. I think that's the bottom line: is making customers happy. Well, that's, it, can, that's, that's it can be pretty tough, especially during this COVID stuff. But that's that's oh, a, that's, a, that's a story for another day. All right, we do have to take a break. We will be back with uh, Dave and I. We're going to be talking about the future. I'm going to look into the crystal ball and find out what we got. This is Dave's emails. Corner Garage. You know what? I got so many emails. We'll do. We got to bang some of these emails off. Yes, boss. No problem. Whatever day. This it. is this is uh, the Apprentice L working with Dave the uh, head. Head rent. We'll be right back. All right, this is <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. We're back. Just been chatting with Carlos about uh, racing back in Mostport. Uh, that was some fun times. Dave used to go out there, did you not? There's very few corners I didn't crash. <laughs> very good. <laughs> I remember watching the guy in front of me go down turn three and then down the hill, rolling, 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 and I'm following him. And I wouldn't believe that's the day my wife shows up to say hello. So, Did you yeah. go arse over tea kettle as well? Yes. Oh, wow. I hit the wall at, at about 94 miles an hour. I remember <laughs> looking at the speedometer, yelling mama, and, the, and then I hit the wall. <laughs> you had to change your shorts after that one, I'll bet. Well, no, i tell you something. The seatbelts left all these blue marks on my chest. <laughs> yeah. So so we weren't very sociable for a couple of weeks. <laughs> so, so I healed. All right, Anyhow, you, got, you looked into the bag and you got some emails, you said. Yes, this one's been hanging around since November the 3rd, and I really apologize. Uh, I listen to your show every weekend. I have a G5, uh, I guess that's a Nissan or a Lexus. Uh, excellent condition. The dealer says I have to check the fluid levels. Does that mean they should be racing them at the same time? And it's from Diana. Uh, G5 actually, I think, is a Pontiac. But, uh, oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but on any car, you know, in fact, we're, we're going to be talking to Stafford after the next break, you know, at Mr. Transmission. When it comes to cars, you know, there is a schedule, the manufacturer, and, uh, it, you know, it's kind of something you can't do too often. I, I don't think anyways, because some manufacturers, as far as transmissions, will say, oh, you never have to change it. But the point is, if you want your car to last, if you're going to keep it for the long haul, especially now, okay, there's no cars to be had. If you go by a dealer's yeah. lot, you'll see that it's empty. So you want to take care of your car. So when it comes to changing fluids, by all means, you know, you want to change your antifreeze every few years. 
uh, certainly you want to change your oil regularly. And uh, most importantly, you know, just, just, just want to talk about this quickly because a lot of people nowadays are so dependent on the car's computer to tell them everything. Um, I had a fellow in last week who'd been in a month prior and had couldn't understand why his oil light was coming on, but his computer didn't tell him that he had no oil. And uh, sure enough, we found out. I said, listen, we're going to do a consumption test here. And uh, sure enough, he came back only four weeks later, 1,000 kilometers, and he was down a liter already. So you have to understand that the computer doesn't know everything. You actually have to stop, open the hood for you. uh, People who don't know how to do that, open up the hood and pull out that dipstick and have it checked. So, yes, changing fluids, making sure fluids are full is very important. That's also if you have a, have a dipstick. Uh, my Toyota doesn't have a dipstick. You have to actually idle the car at 2,000 RPM and push the button, and the, there's a float inside the uh, oil pan, mm-hmm. and it'll tell you how much oil is in the engine. But you have to RTFM and, first. Yeah, it is absolutely insane. It is so complicated, that car, that if, if the key battery goes dead, that's it. The car's dead. You know what? Can't you know what? It. Since they have that thing that comes up that tells you what your percentage of oil is, right? Yeah. Why, why don't they program in there that once a week it comes up and said, have you checked your oil level lately? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, they yeah, could yeah. do that, right? Easy. Yeah. Easy. Okay, next one. My Nissan Protégé standard transmission. Whenever I shift into reverse gear or forward, I continue to press the clutch down. When the car is stopped, it will all of a sudden start to move away on its own. Can you tell me what the problem is? Yeah, okay, a couple things. I mean, it could be, number one, that the pedal is not all the way down. Uh, we used to see yeah. it, especially on, in, in Canada, eh, where people add extra floor mats to the car. Um, so now you've got you know, inch and a half of floor mat that it's preventing and that's you yeah, yeah. from putting the, you know, putting the pedal down all the way. That could be one. Or I, my assumption is it's a hydraulic clutch, and, and it could be just like you can lose pressure on a brake master cylinder. A clutch master cylinder can go the same way where you're not quite, you know, it, it, you put down that first application, but when the fluid starts getting past the seals, you're losing that pressure. So um, I, I would have the clutch fluid level checked. That's what I would do, first of all. And if necessary... Collapsing pressure plate, it could be in there? It could be as well. Sure, sure, sure. Right? The pressure, the plate, the plate is, is not strong enough to hold itself away, and the springs are weak, and it, it's, it engages automatically because the... So in other words, he's got to spend some money. Exactly. And you <laughs> want to do it sooner rather than later because if you, if you ignore it and bang it into gear, you know, if you can't find them, grind them, uh, you'll blow the yep. tranny, too. Then you'll need way more exactly clutch. Right. You'll need a whole new tranny. Next. 2006 Toyota pickup truck, two-wheel drive. I changed the front pads. A few weeks later, when I push the brake pedal down, they make a whistling sound. I wonder what it is. <laughs> well, I hope you put them in the right side up, first of all. Yeah, that's what um, I was thinking. Probably one of the shims in there um, are touching the brake rotor. Uh, it's very easy. They have these silencing shims or, or springs that they put in the sliders. And I've seen many, many times, if they're not put in the proper way, the, 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 the spring itself is touching the brake rotor, and that's what's causing it. Did you have any other suggestion? Uh, yeah. They, they, don't they have little whistlers in there when the pad gets low? Oh, yeah. So, but like, there's, 
but they're brand new pads, so you wouldn't think well, it's maybe down they, for that. Maybe they're seized, you know, like stuck in the. He put the pads in, but did he service the caliper? Did he bleed the front brakes? Did he, did he do a good job? I don't think the average guy should be touching his brakes. Period. I mean, that's one of those items that they shouldn't be uh, like front end parts and brakes. Those are safety related items, and I don't think that anybody should be touching that stuff. It should be only a, a licensed mechanic should be touching safety related items. I Can you agree. buy parts for your gas furnace? Nope. No, they won't let you. If you walked no. into a, a, a gas place, they'd say, we need to see your license or certificate first. They will not exactly sell right. you. Yeah. Same so, thing here. The- go ahead. We got the, I don't know if you can hear the music, Dave, but we do have to take a break. After oh. which, we're going to be talking to Stafford Wong from Mr. Transmission to find out how often that tranny needs to be serviced. This is yep. Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. We've got Stafford Wong from Mr. Transmission on the line. You know, earlier uh, in the show, Stafford, we were talking about, we had an email from a caller who wanted to know about, you know, checking and and changing fluids. And uh, I happened to mention that I think was General Motors, uh, for whatever reason, decided that you didn't need to change it. Tell us the truth about that. (laughs) Well, yeah, I do think that, uh, good morning, by the way, guys. I do think that it's important to to maintain that fluid at an optimal working level. Because after a certain amount of time, it can deteriorate and can end up uh, breaking down and not providing the lubrication properly inside the transmission. So, yeah, I think it's vital. So, in other words, if you drive like the church lady, then you can go way more years. But if you drive like Mario Andretti, you want to get it done sooner. (laughs) I guess that's the best way to put it, sure, yeah. All right, speaking of crazy drivers, Dave, go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was going to suggest that um, the average shop cannot actually change all the fluid. You actually have to put it on a machine, it's sort of like a, a, a kidney uh, dialysis machine to suck all that stuff out. Is that correct? That's right. A lot of uh, the, the, the systems we use are uh, flushing machines, and it does extract a lot more fluid. I wouldn't say 100%, but close to it, um, you know, over 90, I would say. And it does remove a lot more fluid than just dropping the pan and replacing that fluid. That represents probably about 40% of what the actual transmission fluid level is. Hmm. So the other question I had was, the, these are uh, computer-operated machines. Is there's upgrades available for these transmissions, and do you guys install that? Upgrades? In what way? What do you mean? In the programs. Well, yeah, there are programming uh, strategies and shift points that can be altered or, or brought up to date on a lot of the vehicles, yes. So we also do that because that can adversely affect the transmission shifting ranges and patterns. So in many cases, we'll get a customer in where the car is not shifting right, and it's, it's simply a, lubric- uh, a calibration problem with the computer, yes, for sure. Fascinating. And I was oppressed. I, once I was at one of the shops, I think it was um, in Woodbridge. They, an Escalade came in. They had the transmission out in 15 minutes. Alan, 15 minutes. Really? <laughs> We're struggling like for two hours to get the. This guy had it out. Zoot, 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 and it was out. That's why you go to the professional. That's yeah. why. <laughs> I haven't seen that since the 70s, but right now, most of the uh, removal and reinstallations, you're looking probably six to 10 hours for most of them. Some of them are yeah. greater than that. It's yeah, we'll take. I don't feel so bad. <laughs> a day and a half to take a transmission out. So yeah, the modern day transmissions are so. The cars are so compactly produced, so that the, the working space to remove the subframe and a lot of these components does take a lot longer than the old days. 
and um, you have to really have specialized tools and uh, know your stuff. That's why you want to make sure you get it rebuilt properly on the bench, eh? I hate exactly. to have to do it a second time. Oh. Exactly, exactly. Where's sure. this little ball from? I can't figure it out. <laughs> I think it yeah. fell out of my ballpoint pen. I hope it did anyways. <laughs> I hope it did. And then it goes out. Well, you know, the biggest surprise to me was uh, in the years ago that we had to use branded transmission fluid. Like Honda's had to have Honda fluid and Toyota's needed Toyota fluid. Otherwise, yeah. it didn't work properly. Well, I think a lot of that philosophy still exists today because um, their their blends are specifically produced for their clutch plates, and it's really imperative to be truthful that most of the vehicles we do see today, we do use original equipment manufacturers' fluids because uh, the specifics of the, 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 the synthetic blend, some of them are completely synthetic. Um, I mean, some of the newer Acuras, like a 2017 Acura TLX, you have to use the fluid from the manufacturer or the vehicle will develop a shutter when lockup engages. And the problem is some of these fluids are $70, $80 per liter. And it's wow. an astronomic cost, but it will adversely affect your transmission's performance if you vary or, or stray away from using the OEM stuff. It's very, very vital, to be truthful. So the other question I had was, when you reach a point, of like say it's got 200,000 kilometers, it's still shifting okay. Is that a point where you wouldn't say, don't touch it, just leave it alone? Yeah, we still abide by that kind of a rule. Most people will call us at 250,000 kilometers on the vehicle and think it's time to change the fluid. Um, it mm. may, be effect, may be driving a little weird or not working properly, but at that point in time, I would steer them away from changing the fluid because it, you've just gone past the point of regular maintenance and you could adversely affect the transmission again, yeah. Because the fluid has yeah, a lot because of uh, detergents in it, right? And it'll clean up any, I guess, built-up material in the clutch packs and cause it to, to maybe even slip. <clears throat> That's right. right. The, the, the clean fluid has a less viscosity than the dirty, dirty fluid, and that's what's kept it going. Yeah, well, it also, you know, we drain it out. A lot of the, the debris that's built up in the clutch pack comes out, and the clutches now have more clearance in the in the drum and causes it to work differently than it's supposed to. And, mm. you know, I've seen tra- back, you know, 20 years ago, I had a vehicle in the ve- in the shop, and we changed the fluid, and the vehicle didn't even back out. And <laughs> all we did was change the fluid, so it does happen. So I guess that was one of the examples that caused me to stop doing it. All right, Stafford, we do have to run. We're running out of time. If people want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Well, Mr. Transmission in Brampton, MrTransmission.com, or just call the store directly in Brampton or in Barrie. But just uh, Google Mr. Transmission Barrie or Mr. Transmission Brampton, and you'll get a hold of me. All right, super. Well, call his mother. Just get him fast. <laughs> All right. Does she always know where he is? Yeah. She knows fine. everything, yeah. <laughs> she said 555-1212. They must know our wives, too, eh? <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. We're going to be back with the tire expert, Darren Bossens, right after this break. Bye-bye. This is Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Alan, and uh, Dave is with us, and we have uh, Darren Bossens from Triangle Tire. Da- Darren, how are you? How are you doing today? Very good. Yourself? I'm doing awesome. It's uh, a nice, brisk, cool day today. So tell me, are you at the warehouse loading winter tires right now just to help the boys get it done? <laughs> no, not today. We're not open on Saturdays and Sundays. So, uh, but I have helped out in the past during the week for sure. <laughs> there you go, Dave. Especially this year, it's hard to get uh, it's hard to get employees. Oh, really? Eh? Oh, yeah. It's every, I'm sure you might even be 
struggling too. Everybody's struggling to find people to work. Oh wow! No, we, thankfully we've been pretty good that way. But uh, and how are winter tire sales? You're busy. Brisk, yeah. They're just like the uh, the temperature today. Their sales are uh, extremely good this year. Demand is up. Um, I was reading an article just last week. They're saying, as you know, Quebec everybody uses winter tires because it's mandated. Uh-huh. Um, but they're saying in the rest of Canada, they're saying uh, about seven out of ten people use winter tires now. So the word's just definitely getting out there. Great, Dave. Well, we got a couple of emails that came in. Uh, one of them was gentleman and his wife are driving down to Florida. Wish I was going with them. And uh, they're starting off in the snow because they're going in January. And they're going to end up in the warm weather down there. So they're asking, what type of tires should I put on my car? Uh, in those cases, probably what's best to go with maybe is an all-weather tire. Um, Triangle makes the TAO1 Season X which is an all-weather tire, so it gives you a blend of all-season and winter uh, performance. It is uh, got the three-peak mountain snowflake, so it is, it is uh, verified for winter or winter driving, uh, but it gives you a kind of a blend of both, so that might be the way to go for them as opposed to switching out tires. So you're saying they would be on there forever? In other words, he would not have yeah. to change tires for the season? Correct. Yeah, you could use them in the summer oh. as well as the winter. But you've got to keep in mind that um, it's a blend of, of, of both, uh, you know, perform- it's a blend of both seasons as far as performances. Uh, uh, so you're not, it's not going to be as good as a uh, standard all season in the summer, and it's not going to be as good as a, as a true winter tire in the winter, but it gives you a nice blend and it, and it, will, it will perform well in both. So. Oh, great idea. So okay, with second email. Go ahead. Sorry, Al, did Go I ahead. step on you? No, 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 that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> All righty. Uh, the second email was, is it easy for me to see if my tire pressure is down by just looking at the tire? And if I have to top it up, when is the best time to do it? Okay, so just looking at the tire usually doesn't indicate unless the tire is very low on pressure. As you know, most tires today have um, smaller profiles or smaller sidewalls uh, to give mm-hmm. that nice look, bigger rim sizes. So it's very difficult to tell when the, tire, the pressure is low. If it's completely uh, deflated, yes, you can see that. But um, you still want to know if the, t- the pressure is down 5, 6 PSI, which you would never see. So... Uh, when checking pressures, always when, when we say check pressures cold, that means not after driving the car. So you check the pressures. It could be any time during the day, but just make sure it, it isn't after you've driven the car. That's considered cold. Um, topping the pressure up, um, you can top it up any time. Um, it, it doesn't really matter as long as you're checking the pressure cold and then putting the pressure cold to where it needs to be. Al, a question for you. When does the TPS kick in? When does it tell you that you're low? It uh, uh, it only has to see about a two or three pound difference, and it's gonna t- yeah. it's gonna come up. You know, yeah. As as much as you know, as much as it's a good idea, it can be a pain in the butt sometimes, though. Yeah. You know, yes. Because <laughs> they're they're constantly coming up. People and the di- most difficult part is that um, if you don't have a real tire pressure gauge, okay. In other words, a good one that you bought at the at an auto parts store. Um, 
it's almost impossible to get your pressures correct. If you're just depending on the little dinger at the gas station to tell you what's right, um, it's crazy. I've had more people come in ticked off because they went to the gas station, they put air in a tire, and the, and the thing still won't go off. That's because they're five pounds difference between their tires. So yeah. you, if, if, you know, if you don't want to see that, go ahead and invest in a, in a gauge. It's probably 10 or $15 you can get a really good tire pressure gauge with big numbers for us old guys you can't see anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and that's the way you have to do it. Yeah. And actually, you can actually buy a whole pump uh, for like 20 bucks with a gauge on it. Well, it's important, you know, and especially like Darren will probably uh, agree with me that if you want your tires to last long, you got to keep them pumped up because if you so often people come in and they'll say, but I thought my tires were good, but you can see that both the inside and outside edge are worn terribly. So, you know, they've been run underinflated for so long, eh? Yes, it's costly. It's at the end of the day, you, you, you can potentially, you know, you wear out your tire a lot quicker than you normally would at correct pressure. Um, you've created more resistance, so your fuel mileage doesn't, it doesn't help your fuel mileage. You actually pay, you know, put more fuel into the car to, to move it. Uh, and, the, and the tire doesn't perform properly. The tire is meant to perform uh, optimally at the, at the pressure that it's uh, required for the car. Exactly. Darren, you have a, a unique warranty with yours. So you buy the tire, and I, it wasn't the right one. I can come back and swap it for another one. Yeah, like uh, within the first uh, two thirty seconds of wear, you can. Uh, it's it's like a trial basis. So if you have you don't like the tires, you don't like the way they perform, etc., you can bring them back for uh, full full uh, money back. Or an, or the another tire. Or yeah, well, obviously we're going to get another tire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> bring them exactly. bring them back, but yeah, you don't have you don't have to be stuck with them for you know most people have their tires for you know three, four, five years. You don't have to be stuck with them if you don't like them. And you also have road hazard. We also have road hazard. Uh, also, in the first two thirty seconds, if you um, by chance you know catch a nail or you know hit something that destroys the tire, we'll replace it for free. Oh, I love that. I mean, you're you're the only guys I think that they're actually doing that, and and I think yeah. that shows confidence in the product. Absolutely, and then as you probably well uh, well know that a lot of times when a tire does get destroyed in, in such a fashion, it's usually early in the life. It's never when it's almost done. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, and then at that point, for the most part, you know, you can't get away with just changing the one. You've got to at least do two. And in some yeah. cases, you've got to do all four, so it's great. Now, in terms yeah. of pricing, where does Triangle come in compared to the, you know, the Michelins of the world? Uh, basically, to, to the tier ones, you're, you're probably in the forty to fifty percent uh, uh, difference in pricing. Um, as of the last year, with pricing like we've had four price increases. The majors have all had four four or five increases this year. Pricing is getting uh, out of hand for sure, but the spread between the top and the bottom has actually grown. Oh, wow. So the end of the day right so, now, the, the majors um, don't give rebates. or they, they have rebates out there, but they're not. Uh, pricing is, is going up because they're going to sell everything they, they manufacture right now. Right, and the, the supply chain problems exacerbate the uh, whole situation. Absolutely, it's uh, yeah. That's been uh, that's been the number one issue for us, anyways, uh, in this past year or so, is dealing with supply chain issues. And every time you turn around, there's something else. It's just right now we're dealing with obviously the floods 
and the uh, mudslides in BC. Oh, yeah, the BC everything, floods, yeah. Everything comes into the port of Vancouver, um, and, and right now nothing can move out of, out of the port until these rail, the rail lines get, uh, I think they're back up running just now, or they were doing some testing yesterday. Um, but as you know, there's still a few of the highways, and the, the major one, the Coquihalla, is still out. So, you know, people don't realize the costs of shipping for you have gone up 20-fold. 20-fold. We, yeah, like it's, uh, the last time, it's probably up 300, 350% right now. Oh, wow. wow. Compared to it was before COVID. And that's primarily supply and demand. The demand is very high. The supply is spotty at best based on COVID restrictions, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and uh, like I said, when you have such high demand and <clears throat> there's only so many containers and so, and so many ships that carry them, uh, prices start to go up. So it's, uh, it's, it's been dramatic. Darren, the one thing I noticed on your website is the your factories are state of the art, eh? and and because of yeah. that, you've eliminated the need for people. Um, so, in other words, COVID perhaps hasn't really affected that factory. Yeah, no, it did definitely less than say uh, less automated factories. Triangle Tire, they've uh, they've invested a lot of money in in uh, you know robotics. Um, um, forklifts that have no people, like they drive automatically. Like it's, it's, it's quite unique. They, there are people in there for inspection, um, you know, to overlook, but not definitely not the numbers you'd see in, a, in an unautomated factory. Wow, so they just put rubber in one side of the machine and tires come out the other practically, and it, eh? spit out the other end, exactly. <laughs> Fascinating. And, oh, fast, and we should also say that these tires have been around for 40 years and not, not, nothing new. No, no, they've been uh, they've been in business uh, since the seventies. Um, they're always uh, developing uh, new products, um, you know, new technologies, to, you know, f- for producing the tires. So it's uh, they're definitely a, a world class uh, manufacturer of tires. Triangle is. Do they? Uh, so do with electric. Okay, sorry, Al. Go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, with electric cars starting to make an appearance, is there a separate tire for electric cars? Yes, they've um, typically for electric cars. What they do, Triangle doesn't have one yet. Um, that that will be coming. But uh, typically for electric cars, you want to have a, a, a very low rolling resistance tire um, and definitely a very quiet tire as far as um, the noise that it makes. Because as you know, with engine noise, it kind of blocks out other noises. Um, but now with electric cars, all you really hear is the tire noise and then the wind going mm. by the by the vehicle itself, so you've got to have very quiet tires. Al, go ahead. I guess there's no one in the passenger seat. <laughs> what, what do you mean there's no one in the passenger seat? <laughs> well, to be nagging and telling you, you know, you're driving crappy, you're not watching the road, because that would be the extra yeah. noise that I get in my car, you know. Oh, yeah, then you have no problem. You wouldn't hear the tires. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, you're absolutely right, and, and I had a... I, I had an electric car that we put we set up put a set of four winter tires on and the guy called me that night and said I got this weird noise and I I was like what do you mean <laughs> so he came by and sure enough yeah you hear the tires because there's no engine noise there's no transmission noise so no, I, I told him he's, I uh, he's gonna have to turn the radio up it's the only way around that one I can't imagine as you know in certain parts of the country they allow studs like they allow 
allow tires to be studded. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine driving an electric car with a studded tire because that's going to be a, like, I don't Why? know if you even do that. <laughs> the, the noise. <Yeah. laughs> All right, trianglesire.ca is the best way to find out about more tires. Absolutely. Shows the lineup, and uh, we're, we should have our dealer locator uh, shortly. So, All right, Darren, have yourself a great weekend. Thank you for joining great. us. Yep. Thank you, Darren. Thank you. Great information. Have a good day, guys. All right. After the break, we're going to have that fellow from the Canadian Motorsport Hall of Fame with us. His name is Norris McDonald. Stick around. You know, with us on the phone, we've got from the Canadian Motorsport Hall of Fame, we've got Norris McDonald. So, you know, the guy's been, he's got gasoline running through his veins. Now, Norris, I I don't know if this is going to tick you off or maybe you can confirm it or not. I heard recently, because we've got this Highway 413 going on, that this guy said that highways don't relieve traffic. In fact, they create more of it. What's the story about that? Well, you know something? That's called the induced congestion. Okay. Or some, or some scientific term like that, Alan. And by the way, how are you? I'm great. How about you? Oh, so far, so far, so good. Listen... What this what this theory is, is that it's the old baseball thing. If you build it, they will come. In other words, if you build a highway, more people are going to drive on it, and you're never going to be ahead of the game. Which, by the way, I don't think it's all that wrong. The point of, of building highways, though, is to stay even with the amount of traffic that is being generated on roads in and around the GTA. I mean, my goodness, Alan, we have something like forty to 50,000 people moving into our neighborhoods every year, and even if only half of them own and drive cars, that's another twenty-five or 30,000 cars coming onto the existing roads every year. And so consequently, in order to stay even, we have to build roads like the 413, the 407, the 401, the 407 East Extension, which was done by the last government, by the way. I didn't hear us talking as much about that one as we are about this one, which makes me suspect that there's more politics going on here than just about everything else. But if you take that, if you take that theory and apply it, you can do that to just about everything. Build a hospital, and, you know, all of a sudden, the new hospital is going to be filled because doctors have more hospital space to send their patients who are sick, where before maybe they all they could do was, say, take two aspirin and call me in the morning. Well, perfect example. You know, Dave said he was driving back from the highway, from the, ho- the cottage, I should say, uh, coming down to 404, and all he saw was a row of light lights going northbound. Now... The highway attracted more housing, so more housing means more people, more cars. So, well, exactly. And if it wasn't there, you'd have Woodbine, Kennedy, and all the adjacent roads just rammed with people. So, absolutely. Yeah. So you need the highway. Now Nate? the thing is, you know, I I do have an open mind mm-hmm. on all of this stuff, and I get letters from people who say, "Well, if you took this money and spent it on public transit." then maybe more people would use transit than are currently. But I don't know who these people are, Alan, because, um, you know, I, I use public transit. I, I'm not against it. But when it comes right down to it, on a, on a cold winter morning, 
where, you know, you pack everybody aboard a subway car. It's like, it's like cattle. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody's damp. And, you're, you know, that's how people get the flu and all the rest of the stuff that gets floating around when you're jamming. I want my car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have my car. And I pay my taxes. And there's absolutely no reason why I shouldn't be uh, considered in the same breath as, as everybody else who doesn't. Um, and I guarantee you right now that if you went out and asked 10 people on the street, which would they rather have, a new road or a new subway, they'd say a new road. Absolutely. All right, let's, let's switch gears here. Who's going um, to win the, uh, the Formula One title? Lewis oh, Hamilton or Max Verstappen? We're going to go to Formula. You know, I think that that <laughs> I think Lewis Hamilton will probably win for a mm-hmm. couple of reasons. Number one, he's used to winning. He's won seven of them already. Uh, he's up against a marvelously talented young guy in uh, Max Verstappen, but Max has never won the world championship. He's never come down to the final race where it's probably going to come to uh, two or three weeks from now at Abu Dhabi. And, uh, and I think just the experience is going to count here, and, uh, and, and uh, Lewis Hamilton will win. I think what's going to be fun is to look at what's going to happen next year because they got a young guy named George Russell. Mm-hmm. is going to be his teammate next year. And I think George is going to give Lewis fits. So uh, that, that in itself will be fun to watch. Dave? Did you, Norris, do you remember the beginning of the year when Honda said it wanted to win the world championship and everybody laughed because they didn't have a great record? Right. And they had all those engine problems and everything else. But they put it together. I mean, they really pulled their socks in and well, uh, were up. Well, and, and I was going to say, though, you know, if it's like anything else. If you put the money in that's necessary to do something, then, yeah. then and, you know, I, there's a suspicion that Honda was kind of trying to cut a couple of corners, but they learned their lesson. They popped the money in. They hired the people that they had to hire, and uh, you're absolutely right. They're, uh, they're sounding good. Yeah, I think, and the other thing was that that Red Bull is going to take over the production of the engine, but Honda's staying as technical advisor. (laughs) Well, I haven't quite figured that one out, David. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, you're either, that was, by the way, that was the same sort of thing. You know the fact that Michael Andretti of the Andretti legendary racing family in the United States Mm -hmm. came within an eyelash of buying the Sauber Formula One team this year. Yes. And within an eyelash. And at the last minute, what what screwed up the deal was that Peter Sauber, who owns it and has always owned it, never mind what that team is called right now. Alfa Romeo. Called Alfa Romeo. But it's really Peter Sauber's team. He's always had his finger in the pie somewhere. And at the last minute, he said, oh, by the way, I think every major decision, I have to be informed, and maybe it, uh, in order to have some feedback. And, you know, you can't do that. If you buy something, it's like buying a radio station. You don't want the old guys around, because you want to do something the way you want to yeah. do it, not the way it's been done forever and ever. Well, the, 
And the rumor uh, mill and, is that the Chinese are pushing a driver, and that's going to be the second driver uh, with Bottas. Well, at, it's, quite, at, uh, it's quite possible. But yeah. you know what? We don't want to get. You don't want to get me going on that one. I have no idea why, <laughs> frankly, we have anything to do with All that. right, Norris, we do have to run. Where do people find you? Uh, I was going to say Toronto Star Wheels. I'm there. Okay. I have my own website, norrismcdonald.ca. And every three or four weeks, I pop up on your radio show. There you go. And uh, we want if I don't see you before, I want to wish you a good holiday. I was going to say Merry Christmas, yep. Happy New Year's to you guys. And I want to tell you, it's a pleasure talking to you. All right, and you too, Norris. A wealth of knowledge when it comes to anything with wheels on it. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Dave and myself will be right back. All right, we're in the uh, final inning uh, here at Dave's Corner Garage. Dave, you've got some interesting facts you want to talk about. Yes, you know what? This is the educational part of the show. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, if vehicles equipped with lane-keeping technology, so I have that, Mm -hmm. you push a button on the steering wheel, and when it crosses the white line, it beeps if you have the signal on. Yep. Right? Okay, so vehicles equipped with lane-keeping technology cross the markers 37 times, 37% of the time, during ideal conditions. In other words, the beeper didn't go off. And that rate actually jumped to 69% when it was raining. So in other words, this technology does not is not perfected, doesn't always work, and I can hardly wait until self-driving cars come out and the beeper doesn't come on. I, I think this is what they're doing here. You know, They're just testing this whole system out because eventually that's what they want to do, right? They're going to have yeah. the car drive itself. So why don't we put this technology in vehicles now, see how well it works or doesn't, and like you're mentioning, and, and then tweak it, you know, adjust it, make it finer, make it better. It actually reads the white line, so when there's snow on the ground, there's there's no chance for it to work at all. There you go. So, um, go top ten EVs, you know, electrical vehicle registrations for the first eight months of 2021. Mm -hmm. The best selling electrical car is the Tesla Model Y. So that's their um, their SUV model. No, yes, correct. Right. The next best selling car is their, their Model Three. They sold 80,000 of those things. Uh, Chevy Bolt, even though they had the big, big recall, there that's the next one up. Mustang E, the Mach-E, the Volkswagen ID4, Nissan Leaf, Hyundai Kona, Porsche Cayenne. I mean, those things are almost 150 grand, and they're selling like hotcakes. Uh, Tesla Model S and the Audi e-tron. Those are the big sellers that are uh, as far as the EVs are concerned. And I was following um, the battery technology. Mm-hmm. I spent a few hours on the Internet looking at videos and stuff like that. In the States, in California, they're way ahead of us because they've had electric cars for like 10 years. Right. The batteries are rebuildable. I always thought you threw them away and it was $22,000. But no, they take them out of the cars and they can identify where the bad cells are, replace them, and pop it back in, and you probably spend five grand, and the thing's working again. Oh, so you just rebuild it rather than replace it completely. Yeah. Oh, so there's that... a chance for you. Uh, uh, for me. Yeah, Al's Al's Glen Allen Motors battery rebuilders. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll have to pass that on to my brother and sister because I don't plan on being around for another twenty years. There, I'll tell you. That's for <laughs> well, sure. You can buy the equipment now. Yeah. The battery pack is almost over a thousand pounds. By the way. Oh wow! It's so heavy. So when that lands on your foot, there's going to be more than, hee-haw! 
<laughs> Actually, I remember seeing a skit on Saturday Night Live where they opened up the trunk and had 4,000 AA batteries. Did you see that one? Every time they'd open the door, batteries would fall out of the car. <laughs> well, don't laugh. There's there's 8,000 pieces of, 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 of uh, these little batteries make up the big one. All and right. the last number is $2.6 billion worth of lost business in Canada due to COVID-19. That sucks. In the right. automotive field. <laughs> We have to thank our guest, Darren Bossens from Triangle Tire. If you're looking to get some great tires for less money, go to triangle.ca. Stafford Wong at Mr. Transmission. If your car's acting up and you're not quite sure what it is, go see Stafford. They do have a free drive uh, evaluation. And, of course, if you're looking for the latest and greatest in automotive news, go check on the wheels editor, Norris McDonald, who is such a wealth of information. Hey, eh, Dave? The guy knows about everything. Does he know where to buy cough drops? That's what we need to find out. <laughs> All right, we got to run. Thank you, Carlos. Sidey side up, the greasy side down, and uh, that's that's nothing to talk cough about. We'll be right back. Bye bye. Just a minute with Dave Renniger from Dave's Corner Garage. Today we're talking with Trevor Hutchison from Crown Body Maintenance. A big part of being a corporate partner that deals with consumers is being corporately responsible to the environment. And so we believe that although we're in the automotive protection business, you also want to do it in the right way, in the right manner. And for Crown, that starts with our proprietary rust inhibitors, lubricants, penetrants, and all of the products that we manufacture have that in mind. We use a hydrocarbon petroleum base stock that is environmentally safe and a chemical inhibiting package that is designed to be safe to be used in cities, municipalities, and a variety of different environments so that it's responsible towards the areas that we're applying it in. And how do we get more information about Crown? Go to our website at crownwithak.com. You've been listening to Just a Minute. To hear more, go to our website, davescornergarage.com. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.